Welcome to Real Adventures. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk fishing, boating and the great outdoors. It is Gather Round Redmond. We're in South Australia, of course, with all AFL teams right around the country converging on South Australia. All matches being played in South Australia this weekend. Good morning, mate. Good morning. The cats are back. That's more. That's the breaking news. You just pulled your finger out. Mate, that's it. That's last week. Right. Last weekend. Playing tomorrow. Playing, playing tomorrow. Adelaide Oval against West Coast. Traditional home ground uh, for the Cattery. I'm not worried. Because they suck. If you lose, then I'll just give up anyway. So either Jesus, way, I you can't go there. I can. Well, you can, but I, I don't <laughs> want to be involved in any of this conversation. Uh, anyway, it was a good weekend for the Cats. They were uh, they were much better after halftime. And I'm always excited with my footy, especially over that Easter break. It was great to have a three-year-old, two-year-old, uh, three-year-old and one-year-old birthday party on at the same time, Patrick, and I've never been more angry. Mate, we are here to talk fishing and boating. <laughs> Let's get to that because Quintrex Redmond have added to their uh, Freestyler X range uh, the new Rotax S engine. They're a little bit confused. They're not sure if they've got an inboard or an outboard. Now, Rotax, yep. the stealth technology, as they have described it, uh, has arrived in Australia via uh, locally devi- uh, designed and developed uh, spin-offs of Quintrex Freestyler range. Uh, Bombardier is the manufacturer. Now, they obviously took over ownership. The, the overarching umbrella group uh, took over ownership of Tellwater. One of the brands of Tellwater quite clearly is Quintrex. So the symmetry is clear there. So Canadian ownership. Uh, we both read this really interesting article on boat sales during the week around their new 150, which is matched to one of the, the freestyler Quintrexes. Your first thoughts on it and whether it will be something that the industry will really embrace or is it something that they're going to steer quite clear of? Like I said before, they're not sure if it's an outboard or an inboard. So when you're looking at this, it's like an outboard that's partially submerged is the easiest way to explain it. So the interesting part of that, right, is so it's a cross between an outboard and an inboard. Yep. But if you had a direct comparison to an inboard, it is 50 kilos heavier than the equivalent three-litre mercury Four cylinder. Oh, it's heavier. Sorry, right. the, than the outboard. Than the outboard. Yeah, so it's heavier than the outboard. Yeah. Yep. So weight's or, a big factor, especially when they're selling it as a five and a half, five to six meter for five to six meter boats. I think weight comes into it pretty significantly. Two hundred and fifty five kilos. Yeah, no, that's too heavy for one hundred and fifty so, horsepower. They do talk about it um, because it is uh, set up. Beneath the deck, essentially, it yep. provides more room, and the pod, it, it definitely as it's does. described, definitely does. Your like, it's sort of. Do you remember? I, it was late eighties. Both you and I were born then, but Evinrude came. I'm pretty sure it was Evinrude. They had a pod designed outboard that you literally glued on the back of the transom of a boat. <laughs> this is almost sim- similar to that. Back in the day, it was ahead of its time, and it, it didn't last. Don't get me wrong. To be to be blunt, Aldi does some fantastic things. <laughs> Aldi does some great things. I love that middle aisle. But to me, this looks like something that you would find in the middle of Aldi, and it'd be the only thing sort of left there midweek when all the great things are sold in that middle aisle. Wow, I'm not. It's not doing it for me. It's uh, it's too heavy. 
It's not very... I don't think it's great to look at either. Uh, the fact that it only goes up to six metre boats, if it was bigger, would charter boats consider it because it clears the engines away from their boat? No, they won't because I, Quintrex won't I, sell I, I you a, they won't. Yeah. a Rotax yeah. S engine. So you have to buy the complete uh, package and it starts from... 80. Oh, so it's only a package. Yeah, okay, gotcha. it starts from pretty much 90 grand for the 115. Okay. With a Quintrex uh, five point or five 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 freestyler, yep. and a hundred thousand dollars for the one fifty uh, five nine five. So under six meters, one hundred thousand dollars for an aluminium boat. Mm. Yeah, it's not something that I would look into, but I would love to go on one to test it out, though. I really would. Yeah, I think it's an interesting concept. I think like anything, any new technology early on, the one thing there's I always scepticism that comes around with it. The fact that there's still two-stroke as well, it, it, I'm not a massive fan of two-strokes either these days. Like We're, we're past two-strokes, aren't we? Well, it is the technology that Evinrude and, well, Bombardier, let's be honest, uh, embraced. It's a key word that you use, bomb, there, because they did blow up a bit. Oh, God. <laughs> We'll leave it at Don't that. Don't service it for three years. You'll be right. I'm looking forward to getting on to... Um, I would yeah, like I'm to looking forward one. to getting on to seeing one. I would love to see one. Do you reckon they'll be at the boat show? Uh, I reckon they will be at the boat show, which I'm glad you mentioned that. That's a beautiful segue that you've just thrown together for us because... It's like it's written in front of me. <laughs> the Melbourne Boat Show is back and you're going to take us through a few of the details. Or It's on its way. I'm excited for it. I, so, I really am. Well, yeah. We loved it I, last I did time. love it. Yep, uh, weather's we going to be the, I guess... The factor on what how it pans out, but yes, they've taken a risk. Hundred percent, and I like it. I, I didn't feel gross in a hall with that air conditioner running for the days that I was there, feeling like I was going to get you know when you're in the aircon and heaters and whatnot for you, you just feel congested, especially when you're boxed in with fifty thousand people over four days. Like it's it's not a nice place to be in Jeff's shed, to tell you the truth. And out there is just great for other people and myself, and also not only that. The on-field water display. Um, oh, Which was brilliant. We it, loved, yeah. I know yep. it's disappointing you can't go out and drive them at speed, but even just like standing on the boat, like you and I took people out on your North Bank 750 and people got the, like people want to feel the stability at rest and all the likes. And I think it's going to be a great thing. Uh, they're, they're asked, there's a lot of boat companies already going and manufacturers in the marine game, they're already going, but they've asked for more people to join in. And I think this year, I think after last year's success, people will jump in on this. Do you think that, do you think that is built on the back of this is a uh, this is cheaper to attend simply for the fact that it is outdoors rather than indoors compared to how much it costs to, for manufacturers and you know local marine dealerships to secure a site inside of Jeff's Shed in Melbourne, like I think, I reckon we were talking to a few. Like you're talking fifty plus grand. I know just Geelong for Marine a, World at one stage had to turn over a million dollars of boat sales to cover costs, which is ridiculous. That, so that's for all these floor spaces, etc., which is quite a big. All the boats that he has there, the trucks to get everything there, all the staff and everything is about. I think it's just about roughly give or take a million bucks. So, so this year it is back outside after being trialed outside. Uh, in Docklands last year for the first time. There was great weather. It was obviously due to COVID that it was moved externally, I think, at the time. There may have been other reasons behind it, but I think that was one of the reasons. Um, on on water tests, so uh, one thing, weather is going to affect how many people go quite clearly, but hopefully we, we see even more manufacturers coming to the show than we saw last year because there was a bit of trepidation around how 
it will work, but the feedback was brilliant, Redmond. Oh, it was, and some people people were disappointed uh, at some points of it, Pat, like saying there's not enough here. I hope this year that some more of the fishing attends. I'd yes. love to see some sort of fishing tent. Um, You're talking about your ability to buy... Fishing gear. Fishing tackle. Yeah, yep. so yep. But we need people to... We need some people like Frogley's Offshore and Shimano and the likes to jump in and support this. I'd love to see that. I don't know if we will, but I'm I would love... I'm with you there. I would love to... As a fisherman, I want to go there and have a look at the new gear. And it's nice to take home something. We don't have a trade show. Like, we had that fishing show that was... Without well, being Brisbane a bit of a heart... Yeah, but it's not open to the public. It's only there for Sorry. a minimal amount of time, Pat, for yep. public. So... Yep. But Brisbane's a long way away for one in the country. And like you said, it's not open to everyone. It's not open to everyone. So it's, I don't know, I'm all for the tackle to get there. Hopefully more boat companies go there. Uh, and boat, the good thing is, sounds bad, but the good thing is boat sales have slowed up a fair bit now. So boating, yeah. boat manufactured places will start to catch up on their work. They need to sell some more boats. Yeah. And this as is soon as, as soon as sales die, that's when... Pretty much every manufacturer then yep. looks to reinvest in the amount of advertising that they do. This time last year, I know they're still busy, don't get me wrong, but it is, it's on the other side of it now. We're, yep. we're coming out the other side of it, and it's going to be another year or so before we actually start to see it slow right up. But, but there's not the two-year waits for manufacturing that there was yep. you know, some time ago. 100%. And yeah, some, some companies will be. But like, but as we come out the back of it, your traditional, like, I guess you're, you're more, what would you call them, production style boats, yep. which is your everyday boats. They're going to, rather than custom, they're going to be caught up a hell of a lot more to, um, there's going to be a hell of a lot more of them to come out to sell to the public. So this, at this stage, the, uh, the dates are set at October 26th through to Sunday, October 29th, pretty much a month after the AFL Grand Final. So it's a while off yet, um, but it was breaking news this week after 25,000 people uh, who hadn't seen a boat show a, for three years came got, last year. They've got no idea 25,000 people because you can't... I think, like, I think it, it was more than that. It was more than that. 100% yeah. it was more than that because no one... Like you didn't have a gate to go through. Yeah. You could have you could have literally come through any restaurant, any part of that whole display. Like I didn't scan in anywhere. Like. I, I didn't, and yep. th- th- so I, I reckon there was more people than that, Pat. Let's get to your week in fishing, Redmond, because you've had a decent week. You've caught barrels, and you've also taken the young fella out. Because the thing that we want to focus on this morning, being caught up in the in the emotion of the Southern Bluefin tuna, the whiting are going exceptionally well at the moment. It's the best time of the year to chase them. It's the unbelievable time. There's so many numbers. They feed the best. So that water tapers off a bit, and which we- has happened because it was cold during the week. Like it was freezing. That water has dropped. I went for a swim post-game Tuesday and I messaged her saying, the water is not warm. It's under 17 in the ocean now yep. and the bay is about the 17. So it's definitely cooled off. But I just fished that Easter swell. Every year that Easter moon we have, we generally have swell that comes with it as we have the Bells Beach Rip Kill Search Pro. And the swell, last year we didn't have it. We actually had quite warm weather. But this year we had that traditional Easter swell. That was unusual in. last year. Yep. It was unusual. And... It pushed in some great water. The whiting went fantastic. Off the moon, the tides were fantastic as well. Both bays had plenty of whiting, still plenty of schoolfish. Gippsland have a really good brim fishing right now after the rain as well. So they're fishing red hot. Big flatties also. Swordfish still getting caught when you get the calm weather. And then heading down the other way towards Portland, obviously the barrels, but we won't talk too much about them because we've given them a fair go. But the Mullerway in the Glenelg. Yeah, right. So as the winter comes in, fishing your moons, you're going to get a lot of Mulloway. So I'm going to be doing this a couple of times this year and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it is the school holidays at the moment. So if you're looking to get your kids into fishing, 
Uh, your recommendations, Redmond, on the simplest way to do it. Obviously, your jetties, are, yeah, <laughs> your jetties and your piers are where you start with. But if you are fishing off the beach, the the, the simple things to look for uh, to get your family into fishing. You talk and you often talk about these these water troughs, these darker yep. patches of water, and getting close to those. If you can get to a river though before a ocean, I reckon that's even better. Like somewhere like just an example, the Barwon Estuary is a great place. You Some got- um. Actually, perch being caught there during the week, actually. Was it? Funnily enough, yeah. Oh, that's great. If you are going to go down there? <laughs> I just saw it on one of you the... Might, uh, you might see Lee Ray The fishing there. pages that I saw. <laughs> it, um, I actually, they reckon they pull, and I've never caught an estuary perch, so I need to go get one. Great little fish. I like the barra of the south. I do want a barra too. Big one. Big meter. Anyway, back on topic. We. Uh, I was about to interrupt you and say to you, did you hear about... Um, the Gold Coast, but we'll, well hold yeah, that yeah. off. For, we'll hold no, we'll hold that off for our uh, whip around. Our whip around because there's some very interesting captures in the Gold Coast at the moment. I would take kids to somewhere like the Bowen River and Estuary. Small baits, small hooks, small sinkers, easy to fish. Yeah, but not, you don't have the Less danger. weather dependent as well. You don't have the da- yeah dangers of the ocean, etc. The ocean, the swell and whatnot. Where your gutters, if you are heading to the into the ocean off the beaches, the gutters are the what place to be, and that's just the calmest bit of water you can find amongst the waves. Sounds stupid, but that's Literally, basically, where there's no waves, it's deeper water, the troughs, the current, the ocean, I guess, currents will be pushing through there, for example, rips and whatnot, and that's how you're going to get fish. So Jetties and piers with the calamari yep. at the moment? Uh, yeah, they're actually fishing really well. Right through the both sides of the Port Phillip Bay is fishing really well. And you've also got the garfish, which have moved in, and they're a big one for the Easter break. So they're yeah, a big, big yep. one. So just a float, light Great belly things trail. for kids, yeah. Yeah, oh, they, they're unbelievable. That's Every time now we go go fishing, I say to Finn, what do you want to go catch? And he goes, Marlin, Marlin, because he calls garfish Mini Marlin. Marlin. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to go catch those. And I'm like, oh, mate, I'm I'm over these. But the kid, he absolutely loves catching them. So I obviously get stuck doing it. And when I'm on my 30th one, I'm still loving it. So <laughs> it is great fun to catch. We've got a massive show of Real Adventures coming your way this morning. It is Gather Round in South Australia, every AFL team converging uh, on South Australia. You can catch every game on SEN. You're listening to Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for the whip around as we find out what's biting in your backyard and in your state right around the country. We kick off with New South Wales, the Kings and the Snapper on micro jigs at Montague Island at the moment. There's been a few marlin kicking around as well, Redmond. Yeah, they had that crap Easter break that everyone had uh, in Victoria and New South Wales copped it as well. So no one got out. And then when they did... Talking about the weather, that is. Yeah, weather. And it's uh, quite windy and rough, dangerous. So the guys that actually got out during the week, plenty of marlin, not plenty, but enough marlin. And um, Cam White, good friend of the show, he's Cricketer. down off the island at the moment getting a few kingfish too. So he reports that they're not going red hot, but they're, they're going okay. So had a couple of good days and a couple of bad days. Also, uh, fishing out of the... can't tell you the secret spots here, Patrick, but Western Sydney is where I've been told. Uh, Mulloway. GWS. Greater Western Sydney. Yep. Toby Green's been down there catching uh, Mulloway on live yakkers. <laughs> so he, uh, he actually fished with Jez back in the day he when did, they, I did see did. him on the boat. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, he's out there chasing Mulloway. Toby's is a wonderful fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is if Toby's catching, which he's not, anyone can by the sounds of it. There's plenty of yakkers down out there that for bait. So make sure you get a few yellowtail yakkers and you'll be able to get yourself uh, some good Mulloway as well. Queensland, you had a report before you nearly given away. What's going on there? Well, there's been uh, reported sightings of barramundi uh, around Gold Coast. Now, I don't have a 
a exact uh, location for you. Do you know when crap gets made up about you in, in, in the papers? Do you like that? How do you think the barrier are feeling right now? <laughs> well, I was just going to ask you around, you know, global warming, is it a real thing? And is it a bad thing if we're getting barramundi further and further <laughs> south? I mean, don't worry about the, you know, the global catastrophes and the extreme weather patterns that we're seeing in other parts of the country. It doesn't affect the Gold Coast, and if it does... You're only seeing barramundi because of it. All I can say is those currents that have pushed down that coast. Beautiful. They're not drunk. They're lost. Beautiful. They are, could be well and truly barrowed down. <laughs> down One there. of the places that we have loved fishing throughout our time in Queensland, uh, Lucinda. Mm. Some beautiful nannies, gold snapper being caught. And what else, Redmond? There's a few. Uh, yeah, I've never even heard of some of these. Shark tooth job fish. I've never even. I've seen the photo on their social media during the week. Cool. And huge estuary cod, as well as just the normal trevally are on fire so although they'll be fishing uh briefs out there and they're all fishing extremely well so you had a report for Bundaberg as well yeah the so the mackerel have been there but also the school mackerel have turned up which are a little bit of an easier fish to catch at times so they're just how are you going to target them is hard bodies you control them yep or anchor up a bit of a burly and just drop dead baits down so pillies or fillets of slimy mackerel or whatever you've got drop them down let them sink down and you they'll They'll come up the back of the boat, obviously, in the trail, and they'll hit your baits. Should No worries. The other report we had, the Noosa River fishing well. Brim, Redmond, uh, interesting the report was bread fishing well. You, know, you can obviously d- use different uh, kinds of bait, but apparently fresh bread has been working well throughout the week. Well, how I think, how I think expensive that's a rep- pippies are in that right now? I'd be well and truly buying a dollar loaf of bread. <laughs> no, they like the good bread. It's like bakery bread. I need to take this WA report here because it was in the report two weeks ago, and we skipped it. There's a current that not only pushed down the East EAC, it was one on the West Coast, which we'll call it the WAC. <laughs> don't know if that's real. But it, it, is pushed, it pushed down and it was a patch of warm water. Shane, Shane Menforce actually posted it as well as uh, on South Australian Angler and also Western Angler. So both of them posted it. And this is Scotty, how... Scotty, our man. Yeah, and they both, well, they both did a write-up on it. And what it does, it pushes in, uh, pushes along the coast and pushes in towards the coast. And... The salmon get pushed down with it, Australian salmon. It's a, Australian salmon is a big thing in WA. So they um, some extraordinarily sized schools. They are this year. They are tipping to be the best ever. Really, like with this current that's pushed down. So they haven't seen a current push this far down. Works well for school holidays at the moment because they're does. great um, and enjoyable fish to catch. Yeah. So they're starting to show up. They're going to get better and better. They got that. They got the uh, salmon competition on West uh, Rec Fish West. They've got it on. So make sure you do join that and try and target these salmon because they are big. They are like three to five kilo pads. So they are big salmon. They pull string and running up and down the beach. There's not much more of a fun away, I don't reckon, to actually go fishing. Beautiful work. South Australia, well, there is every AFL team in South Australia at the moment. So if we go external to our fishing report, there's plenty happening. Geez, there'd be some circle glasses there, wouldn't there? But there are some huge calamari and whiting uh, coming out of Coffin Bay at the moment. Squid to two kilos. And the other part of the state that has lit up is Port Mac. The barrels are coming in and good numbers. I was just going to ask you, coming off the back of it, do you reckon anyone's taken the Ray-Bans off and they've gone up to the hills or anything? What, chasing trout up in the hills? Adelaide Hills? I yeah, that's what I'm asking. I'm not sure. I, I haven't. Anyone gone fishing? I have haven't, no rumours? I haven't delved Jez, that Jez far. Has, Jez hasn't snuck out? I don't think so. If Jez says, hey boys, I'm going fishing half an hour before the game, you just let him, wouldn't you? If he wants to do anything, 
you're saying, <laughs> okay, Jeremy. The, oh, the Apple Isle, you're getting you're getting mixed up. Can I you, am can going you to refocus, please? How cool is this? 289 kilo of broadbill swordfish. You and I have been reporting this for a couple of weeks now. The swords out of uh, Tassie. Yep. Eaglehawk neck, a seriously big fish, caught in a five and a half metre boat. Which is if you actually so it's pretty much bigger than the boat. If you actually seen the photos of this, it was incredible to see. I hope one day it happens to me. It was incredible to see. They snap rods. They did all sorts of stuff, and sensational capture. Literally, I fish of a lifetime, isn't it? Nearly three hundred kilo of swordfish. Like it, it would have been over three hundred kilo when it came in because it would have dropped a lot of fluid, etc. Yeah. So that is a big, big fish, and congratulations to all the anglers that were involved in that. Uh, Well done. That's a. That's a hat off for me. I don't often give it to people, and it's a hat off. Well done. <laughs> um, there's also uh, there's plenty of bluefin being caught yes. and huge calamari uh, on the shallow reefs. The right calamari at Eagle Hawk as well. So I've just left it there. There's some thumpers coming in, some thumping calamari, like three kilo stuff. So make sure you do get get a few of those and drop them down to the tuna live. They'll bloody, they'll smash those live definitely. Just finishing off the whip around around Western Port and Port Phillip Bay. We've obviously seen. Uh, good captures of uh, barrels and southern bluefin tuna off Port, uh, Port McDonald, Portland, um, even though there's been a few days where they've been difficult to, to target, but closer to Melbourne CBD, Western Port and Port Phillip. Snapper in Port Phillip, still going very good. No one's doing it. There's plenty there. Yep. Uh, gummies, both sides, fantastic. Whiting, both sides, fantastic. Tuna, both sides, fantastic. So... There are options are endless. Plenty of squid as well in Port Phillip. Western Port's a little bit tougher, but there is so much going on. If you just the weather's been hard, it has yeah, been. Yeah. So just get in the days, and you'll be away. That was the whip around. You're listening to Real Adventures. Plenty more to come after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures. Now time for All Aboard, one of our favourites, Redmond. We absolutely love him. Shane Mensforth from SA Angler joins us off the back of Gather Round. Uh, all AFL teams right across the country all converging in South Australia this weekend for one very special round of footy. Good morning, Shane. Good morning, boys. And, and don't you sort of feel half back home next weekend, is that right? I do, I do. It's been... Um, well, it's like I never left, to be honest. Well, it explains a fair bit then, if you're from <laughs> South Australia. <laughs> no, it's it's been great. And I think the great thing for, for people, certainly that have never been to South Australia before, depending on when and if their, their teams have played, um, they get to experience what Adelaide Oval's like. And I was almost, yeah. almost, I love playing in Adelaide Oval, so you won't, you won't pass up that opportunity. But there's no, something special no. about playing at Norwood, I reckon, like, on the parade, yeah. like it's a, yeah. it's a pretty well set up venue, and I reckon for, you know, every now and then there's something special about having AFL games, um, sort of at local-ish venues. It's by no means a uh, an amateur ground, you are, that's for sure. Are you a wine drinker, Shane? Uh, yeah, only every second day. Only every second day. Well, <laughs> I, well, I seen on Fox Footy Pat during the week they were pumping South Australia up to be basically nearly the wine capital. Uh, there was well, Jonathan yeah. Brown that was doing the narrator for that narrating for that narration. Yeah, nice. so, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah no, he's pretty well right, mate. We we get stuck into the Reds, particularly down here, and uh, I, I love Clare Valley, um, Kunawara, and of course the Barossa. Yeah, we we drink a lot, a lot of a lot of good Reds, and uh, always make a day trip of it. 
go to four or four or five wineries, get a bus home, and uh, bring home a couple of boxes of reds. All good. <laughs> I was going to say you weren't, you weren't driving, that's for sure. Well, uh, it's been too long since we've had Shane on, Patrick. It has been, but we're, we're we've got him back now, Redmond, and we're keen to talk with everyone converging on South Australia. Uh, SA. Shane's favourite destinations to fish. Now, there is a bit of conjecture here because you are claiming Pork McDonald at the moment. I'm, mm. I don't want there to be a fight over the airways, but it is almost your favourite place to fish. It's a fantastic Pork. place to fish. And it's now, if I actually have your boat on the back and I get to the ramp, I'm nearly, I'm actually over the border. That's how close it is. <laughs> He's so trying Victoria to claim, can claim it, Shane. a bit of the Port Mac barrel fishing, can't we, Shane? <laughs> Well, mate, mate, I can't slam you for wanting to come here because I actually hopped the border and fished out of Portland last week. Oh, did Matty you? Hunt. So, yeah, so we got some, some big fish. So, But now it seems like they've moved east and I'm um, hearing some huge reports for the last 24 hours at Port Mac. Yep. You know, quadruple yep. hookups and, you know, 80, 90, 100, 100 plus fish. So, yeah, it's all starting to happen down there, mate. So, for those that haven't spent a lot of time or any time in South Australia, Shane, you've obviously spent a huge amount of time there, born and bred. Talk to us yep. about He's not that old patchy's huge amount of time. <laughs> talk to us about your favourite places to fish, because my first yep. experience on Southern Bluefin tuna, Aaron, was with Shane uh, at Victor Harbour, out of your beautiful bar crusher. Uh, where yep. do you like to fish? And what are your favourite places for those people potentially looking at coming to South Australia to, to chase different species? Where do you recommend yeah, they well, go? Well, look, I've thought a bit about this, and I've sort of split it up into light tackle and heavier stuff. As far as light tackle, the King George Whiting and stuff like that, there's the Joseph Banks group off Tumby Bay, just north Ooh. of Port Lincoln. I reckon it's the best, probably the best King George Whiting fishery in Australia. Not right. so much size-wise, because he's got that covered, but uh, as far as numbers and average size, I'd say the group off Tumby is fantastic. I've been fortunate Very enough to actually fish there, haven't I, Pat? And I would have to, I, I catch a lot of whiting here, but... You said there's I, nothing like I, you've I, ever seen I before. I did enjoy it over there. It was fantastic. Uh, it's a beautiful place. Number number two for me, light tackle is Coffin Bay, which is a bit north of Port Lincoln, heading up the up the west coast. It's a big protected estuary system, um, full of whiting, uh, full of salmon trout. Get big kings in there at times. It's a great all round fishery, and you've got some fantastic surf fishing out the back on the beaches. So all round, that's one of my favourite spots as well. When you say surf sure. fishing, Jane, is it Mulloway or just mainly salmon, or a bit of everything? No, nah, it's, it's all salmon there, mate. You don't get Mulloway till you get further up the west coast, but. Yep. The salmon are brilliant there. They, they often top, you know, four and a half kilos. They're big fish and there's usually heaps of them. So, yeah, it's all... Coffin Bay's really got it all. Yep, moving if, in. If, if, um, you talk, if you're talking surf fishing from Mulloway, you've got to head further west, Yalata, west of Sejuna. Yep. I've done a fair bit of work there over the years off the beach and caught a lot of big fish between sort of 20 and 30 kilos. It's a summertime fishery, full moon, new moon, summertime fishery, and it is unbelievable. Logistically, it's, it's difficult. But the, the rewards are, are there. Some really, really probably the best big motorway fishery in Australia. Let's let's talk logistics. How far is that from if we pull into Adelaide? We we fly in there. How far are we talking? Um, it's uh, ten hours on the road. Yeah. It's a long way. It's uh, you know sort of halfway across the Nullarbor, basically. Um, uh, Aaron's yelling at it's worth it. I'm more going. I want to know Shane's thoughts on moon fishing with for Mulloway. So what? I'm not a massive Mulloway. I I do enjoy catching Mulloway. It's not on my radar on most weekends like some other species. How, yep. what, what's your reason reasonings behind the moons for Mulloway? Just the big tides there, mate. You need because because the beaches are very deep. The gutters fill up. You need big tides. Yep. You can't you can't fish around the half moon or or whatever. You just need the big tides. And the, they're the key. I, I prefer the dark moon to the full. Yep. Um, but as long as there's plenty of water along the gutters along the beach, you've always got a good chance from November through till about February. Yeah, with that 
more water pushing in. Now, where take us yep. to your number three, Shano? Where are we going? Well, that was number three. Oh, that Who's was number three. I answered it for him. Danger must be counting, right? So, all right. Now, hey, 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 um, easy, easy, easy. Heading offshore, heavier tackle. Uh, King, Samson's and Tuna, Rocky and Greenlee Island, mm, which no. are about 25 miles offshore from Coffin Bay. I've been fortunate um, enough to do the Greenlee Islands also, Shane. And it's, a, no, once again, another beautiful place. Oh, yeah. And, um, nighttime fishing at anchor in the in the calm water for, you know, 25 to 35 kilo kings on live is so pretty specky. And, of course, there's a lot of deep reef jig fishing around them, around those both islands and heaps of tuna. So, yeah, it's, it's a world-class uh, blue water fishery. There's is no there doubt about that. a specific that. time of the year for there, Shane? Or? Yeah, um, I'd say from... Um, uh, early January through to uh, nowish. Yep. Um, sometimes you can get stable weather during that period, and that's when the fish tend to be best. And once again, I, I prefer the dark moon phases for that. Um, yeah, you get a decent amount of tide run, and the twirl twirls usually down a bit more. So they're the keys there. But uh, oh, it's uh, I've had nights where you caught twenty kings over twenty kilos in one one night, one session. So it's. Uh, Pretty amazing place. Take us through the distance you need to travel to get the, to get to the Greenlee Islands because I I can't remember exactly. It was a few years ago now. How long was it travel on water? Well, if, if you're launching at Coffin Bay, which I guess is the most convenient, you've got about I guess 15, 18 miles to get out of the bay, and then about another 25. I'm thinking off the top of my head to get yep. to Greenlee. So it's a big run. You need plenty of fuel, a decent boat, and of course a terrific weather forecast. I've done it several times in trailer boats. As long as you're, you're sensible about it, or I always travel with another boat, yeah. you're pretty good out there in a big trailer boat. Common sense kicks in. Yep. Num- number five, uh, we go back to the big tuna, mate, Port McDonald. Um, <laughs> I had a feeling yeah. that was going to be uh, in the five. Yeah. yeah I, thought, well, I thought this was I'm a South good. Australia wrap-up, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> as I said, the off-air, Reg, you stay your thought of the water, mate. We'll be there. better off that way. Might be there next week. <laughs> How yeah, much... I'll, how often would you head down sort of that region? Like, is it something that trailer boat um, fishermen attack often or is it, once again, the logistics can be difficult? Yeah, every week oh, for well, me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look, look it's, it's about a you know, sort of five, five and a half hour tow from Adelaide. Yep. Um, it's a fair way. Roads are good all the way, but uh, weather is the key factor there. If, you, if you're you know, fishing out of a boat like, like Dangers, you, you've got to have a reasonable sort of weather forecast. Swell, moderate, and you know, sort of winds under under fifteen, eighteen knots. It gets a bit nasty out there, as you know, Red. Mm. So uh, yeah, just pick the pick the weather and keep an ear to the ground where the fish are. It's not a, not hard to find with social media these days. And you, uh, the barrels at the moment are only about uh, in forty between forty and fifty meters, and just to the east of Port Max. So they're not a long ride outside the harbour. So very convenient. Last year they ended up pushing into Shane when I was the last lot patch. They were that close. I think it was four and a half k from the ramp. I think we'll be twenty three meters we'll get all our fish and that's how yeah. that's how terrific the place is to fish. Yeah, well it's this this season's shaping up to be a, a cracker. You know, the, yep. they've been in Portland for a while and odd ones are poor Mac, but yesterday uh, one of the charter guys down there had, had a triple hook up, they landed three and then got another double. So yeah, you know, there's plenty and they're all sort of eighty eighty up to hundred and twenty. A nice fish. You've got to have the right gear and the right... You know, the charter's the option if you don't know where you're going or what you're doing or you don't have the right boat. The 100%. charter guys there are excellent. Yeah, really good. Would you recommend, Shane, if you haven't been there before but you're keen to take your own boat down there and if you've got, you know, more than a few days to, to go out with the charter boys first and, and learn a bit about what they do before sort of attacking it by yourself? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, buddy. It really does. 
Um, particularly if you haven't been to Port Mac before, it's, it can be a bit tricky getting in and out. It's a prick of a bar. Uh, you got to know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, it can be a bit dicey, and, and of course, um, learning the techniques from the charter guys is always going to put you in good stead. So, I'd, I'd highly recommend that. You know, tow your boat down, hop on with the charter for a day, and then spend a couple of days in your own boat. That's the way to do it. Now, you mentioned the Sir Joseph Banks. Uh, yep. The SA Angler Edition out now, autumn twenty twenty three. Uh, it's on yep. sale. You go into depth around. Uh, the King George Whiting. What else have you got in the current uh, edition of South Australian Angler, Shane? We must send you one of those for free, buddy, do I? <laughs> I'm still on the mailing list. I'm still on the mailing <laughs> list. <laughs> you, can, you can defect from the crows and still get a magazine. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, it's, uh, we've got plenty in the current issue. It's, it's, a, it's a good one. There's um, uh, a heap on, on, on that area, of course. Jeez, uh, it's been a while. What else? What else is in there? You got to put me on the spot now. Bit of KI, bit of KI. Oh, yeah. I may have uh, may have yeah. read a great article about KI. Yeah. A bit of a Southern yeah, Bluefin tuna as well. KI. Yeah, there's good stuff. There's some really good stuff in there. Um, oh, look, this <laughs> put me on the spot. Just my magazine. I can't remember what's in there. But uh, no, mate, it's a good read. And it's selling its its butt off. I just checked it this morning. Some of the Free sales figures and they're really good. So yeah, it's a, it's a great issue. It really is. Um, the other thing that's in it is the Venus Bay inshore. Do you find when yep. you when you talk about um, and you have different issues that are probably more accessible for most fishermen, whether it's inshore mm. inshore fishing, because it's one thing to show, you know, incredible captures of Barrel swordfish barrels, yeah. whatever it might be, but something that everyone can catch, you know, yeah, everyone like can relate to. We're very mindful of that when we put the magazine together. If we start talking about tuna or kings every issue, people turn you know tune out because not everyone can do that. But places like Venus Bay, Coffin Bay, Sir Joseph Banks Group, Whaler, um, you know anyone can get there. They can tow the small boat. Um, that's what most people want to read, and we're very mindful of that. That's why we we shy away from putting big fish on the cover a lot because it you know deters a lot of our readers. Yeah. Um, and they always want to read about catch. Everyone wants to read about King George Whiting, Scarfish, Mulloway, Snapper when we get them back. So that's the bread and butter. That's the bread and butter. Uh, SouthAustralianAngler.com.au is the website to head to uh, to subscribe to both the print and digital format. Uh, you can get the one-year or two-year editions of the magazine and the subscriptions to that. All the links are on saangler.com.au. Shane Mensforth, thank you for your time this morning on Real Adventures. Just before you go, Paddy, one, one thing. Now, as I said to you off air, you guys have really screwed me in my tipping, the footy tipping. Will the Cats win this weekend? Can I tip the Cats with confidence this weekend? The Cats are back. Good. <laughs> Yeah. Got a hope so. I'm sitting here shaking <laughs> my head, Shane, and I'm a cat supporter, so I am worried. Expect a rude phone call if they don't, mate. <laughs> hey, thanks for your time, Shane. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. That was for TJM. Take the lead with TJM. Quality four-wheel drive equipment. It's now time for Red's Review, our product review of the week, and we are talking about the TJM Pro Series Air Compressor Redmond. And you got excited, and I was sort of, well, I'll be honest. You had I was no up, idea what was going on. I was, <laughs> I was asking the question, what is it? And then you proceeded, uh, proceeded rather, to bite my head off with all the things that it does. So enlighten me. TJM Pro Series Air Compressor Twin. 
Yep. It's fantastic. For so those that are playing at home. What does it do? So what it does is, how I'd, how I'd use it is, this goes on your car. On so your you vehicle. attach it, mount it to your car. Yep. I would have this for someone, you don't have to mount it to your car either, yep. but you can, I would mount it to the car if you are a beach launcher as a fisherman or if you're an off-road user. So if you do four-wheel driving or you've got a pretty, so pretty nasty serious, driveway yeah, at home. So <laughs> it's, I, would, I would definitely get these. So they're about 750 bucks to 800 bucks Plus installation, obviously. And then you've got to install yep. it, which isn't too hard. It's more, you, you've, got to, you've got to plug it in. Uh, you've got to run power to it. So depending yep. on how you want to run it. Yep. The configuration, you can figure it yep. all together. So uh, basically what it is, it compresses. So if you're going, when I'm going to use this is if I'm a full driver, you don't want to damage your tyres. So if you're out in the dunes, for instance, down at Beachport, South Australia, yeah. and you're on the sand, you need to deflate your tyres. Yep. So you need to pump them up. It's not easy just to pump your tyres up quickly. Yeah, correct. So you can, it takes a lot of breath. I was going to say. So especially <laughs> someone that can't breathe properly like me, Patrick, <laughs> it's not real good. This is where this comes in handy. And you basically plug it in. Because I didn't realise... You only said it to me before. You're not supposed to drive above... 40 kilometres with your deflated tyres. Yeah, I didn't realise yeah. that. Yeah. It, Do you reckon a lot of people know that? Yeah, no. Prob- I would Probably four drive, guys. <laughs> but basically, when you, you want to pump them back up... So, so the ease of use, this really, isn't it? Yeah, well, Jake had one on his car when we went down to Beachport Geelong years Marine ago. Geelong Marine World, yeah, Jake. Yeah, is. he had it down there. And we... When so we're you going loved to, it from then, obviously. Well, when we were going to town to get supplies and that, we had to take two cars to fit everyone in. You didn't Because our tyres were down the whole time on the sand, we couldn't drive into town, which was 20 minutes, with the flat tyres. It's yep. no good. So you pump them up. Not only that, down at your place, if you're beach launching and that time that you rang me when I was getting coffees and abused me because your car was <laughs> going to sink, even though I was actually still on time, <laughs> uh, you could have deflated your tyres <laughs> down and got out of there and then pumped them back up to head home without damaging your tyres as well. So extremely convenient for those that are in the outdoors and that want to actually start four-wheel driving uh, air compressor. Not only is it good for that, they are good for uh, people that have airbags in their cars too. So I'm getting airbags put on my ram. Oh, you're talking, you're, yeah, you're talking airbag yep. suspension. Yeah, so you can get deflated ones that automatically um, that automatically fill up. So my yep. car, I couldn't afford the expensive ram, so it doesn't have the button that does it all itself. Unfortunately, I spent enough money. So I've got to get the 600 bucker ones, roughly. That's it. I actually need to get that for my... Ranges lift your butt same. up, lift yeah. your butt up, so it doesn't sag, and you can obviously pump it up with this. You can pump kids' footies up, you can pump whatever you want up because it's an air compressor. Yeah, you can even one thing that I like as well with these is you can get the sand off things too, so you can run your external pump off it, and you can blow the sand off things as like well. Great for reels and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, even your car, like yeah. you know, when you get the car, everyone gets in. You can like when you finish four wheel driving, air's the best thing to get rid of sand. Water yep. doesn't work. Yeah, so it does to an extent. So it is terrific. No, I know to you use. mean though. Terrific to use. Uh, it. Pumps out 170 litres per minute. I was going to say, that part I do understand, which is a S-load. Yep. Shitload in the old language, um, which is good. The other thing I like Redmond and any product when, I, when I'm when i purchasing, it's got a three-year warranty. So if something goes wrong, you can just take it back. Yep. And it's got all the fancy stuff in it, like dual relays and all that, uh, relays and dual fuses and all that stuff to cover your ass if anything goes wrong. TJM.com. Dot .au is where you go to get more information on the Pro Series air compressor. That is Red's review for this week. The Real Adventures Review for TJM. Take the lead with TJM. Proudly the first Australian made and manufactured four-wheel drive equipment since 1973. You're listening to Real Adventures. Now time for Red's tip. Redmond, what do you have for us? 
Don't ignore things on the boat. Uh, well, is this cleaning Simple. it? Is this, <laughs> is this cleaning your boat? Or is this like red and light? My tip is red someone light. come up with an automatic cart boat wash and I'll be happy. Yeah, red light for your, um, for your maintenance or servicing. I was out with Finn a little while ago. And the boat just, I was just driving, just cruising, looking for tuna. The boat just turned off. What the hell? Turn it back on. Okay, cool. Yep, started again. Oh, Didn't do it again. Went down to Portland with Rainer in my boat. Boat turned off three times. What the? Why is it turning off? Like no alarms, nothing. What the hell's going on here? Didn't do it for the rest of the day. So did it like three times in the first hour and then didn't do it for the rest of the day. There's nothing okay. like something going wrong with your boat and then going, should I get that checked or should oh. I go, should I go, stop talking, should I go <laughs> to Portland and fish offshore? It only happened once before. And then it <laughs> got back, went out with Finn out here and then it did it again. And I'm like, is it going to fix itself? <laughs> so it just kept cutting, it cut out. And then anyway, Easter, I've, Fortunate enough to have Gibbsy, my best mate, and my brother, Mary Mechanics. And it's not like I've got anyone on standby, Pat. But which, which means, for, for everyone, which means Aaron never does any of this sort of maintenance no. sort of stuff until the boys go out with him fishing and then they look at it and go, Aaron, what are you doing? You need to actually get this fixed. Yeah. Okay, can you just do it now, please? Easiest way to do it. That's why I take them fishing when I use your boat. And in case something goes wrong. So I was out there. We Finn, it happened again. Anyway, I was Easter went. I was meant to get Gibber to look at it over the weekend. He's a marine mechanic, and I forgot. And then during the week, I'm like, I had my plan. Got up early, packed the boat the night before. Everything was ready to go. I'm like jumping. I'm like, how much fuel have I got? I turn the key on. No computer. Why is everything else working but my engine? Couldn't work it out. So I went down the back, pretended to have a look. <laughs> Rang Gibber and said, I'm bringing it to your work. They checked it. <laughs> that would be like me opening up the bonnet of a car and going, yeah, it's the alternator. What's the alternator? <laughs> no idea. I just heard it on a movie once. <laughs> well, anyway, the boat wouldn't start. Nothing would happen. I wiggled wires. If, we, if you wiggle wires and it still doesn't work, I checked the terminals. Nothing was going on. it like on. a... Oh, I did, I did everything. I was tapping the screen. I was hitting the key. I started... I just wouldn't... turn it off and on again. Well, yeah, that works. I went into Gibber and he jumped in his lunch break and had a look at it for me. And he goes, your wires, one of your battery wires is corroded. Okay, your whole battery wire is corroded. My whole battery wire had corroded through. I wonder, how, of... I wonder how that happened with Because I wash tra- everything down. And <laughs> I, I basically goes to me, you're so lucky this didn't happen out there. If this had happened out there, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have got back in. And I'm like, yeah, no, nah, it never happened out there. It only just started doing it today. <laughs> so my tip is, when you do have something go wrong on a boat, like a, your boat engine turns off, there's a reason why it does it. Take it to a mechanic oh, and get it boy. fixed. Because Lee and I could have been in a bit of... I was actually going to go to Apollo Bay that day also. And I, would, okay, nev- the 80 and I, I would never have checked it before I had left. So that's a little wake-up remote tip to actually check things when your engine doesn't start. Everything else was working but the, <laughs> the engine. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. All right, that is the, uh, that is the tip for the week. Now, the gaff this week goes to a Google Maps driver uh, who hit a man on a motorbike... Uh, the collision happened to be captured by the Google cameras. It didn't stop there, though. This was then uploaded to the, you know, the Google Maps main mainframe sort of thing, Aaron, where you can put in an address and search, and there comes the photo, you know, the 360-degree vision. The only problem is the 360-degree vision of uh, this region is of a man being collected <laughs> by the Google Maps car. It is... Quite extraordinary. This happened in in Senegal um, and the driver was driving a uh, Toyota Hilux and he's collected the motorcycle driver. So the gaff this week, or or rather the Toyota Hilux, 
uh, heads to the uh, the Google Maps driver. You have some fantastic things on social media. You can look it up. Google Maps fails like the guy, and there is so many things that those cameras capture. Mate, they captured it's a guy being shot. I know that's a oh, they, heavy. They, but there was a guy that actually filmed his own camera and the Google Maps like giving the finger through the window, the root finger through the window. It's the funniest video. He's like doing that. The Google comes past his car, captures <laughs> him doing it. <laughs> the Google, the Google car comes past, <laughs> catches it, captures it. And then, like, he has it from the other way where it goes past him too. <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> Some of the things that it captures is uh, is extraordinary. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Real adventures it's been. It is Gather Round in South Australia. We hope your team gets the win. See you next week.